right, so today we're in Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. If you'd like to read tonight, you're sure welcome to do so. All right, so five of us tonight. All right, Sister Loretta, you, you come and go first, I guess, uh, I guess uh, 5, uh, 33, 7, it's 30, right? No, 7 is 35. 6. All right, read 6. Okay, read 6. Okay. Verse 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand the proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. That's right. Yeah, that's okay. Appreciate it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for thy, for they shall be an or, ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners intensely Consent thou not, if they say, Come with us, let us lay without wait for blood. Let us lurk freely for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave, and whole as those that go down into the pit. Thank you, appreciate that. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. Thank you. <clears throat> so are the ways of every one that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in her scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. My hand.
For you have set at not all my counsel, and with none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will, I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, when your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hateth knowledge, and did not choose to fear the Lord. They will none of my counsel, they despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9. And we're going to continue on tonight on the road to revival. And uh, we want to be a help to you. And we want to be pleasing to the Lord. And we want God to send a revival. Amen. Amen. And so we're looking forward to what he may have. So let's start in verse 16. I believe we, in Sunday night, we ended in verse 15. So we'll begin in verse 16. But they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to thy commandments. And refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in the rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Yea, when they had made them a molten calf, and said, This is thy God that brought thee out of Egypt, and had wrought great provocations." Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them, not in thy wilderness the pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Yet forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and didst divide them into corners. So they possessed the land of Sion, and the land of the king of Hishbon, and the land of Og, and the, Canton, and the king of Bashan. Their children also multiplied, thou also as stars of heaven, and broughtest them into the land concerning that thou hast promised to their fathers that they should go and to possess. So the children went in and possessed the land, and thou subduest before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gavest unto their hands and their kings and their people and their, their land that they might do with them as they would. And they took strong cities and fat land and possessed houses full of all goods, well-digged vineyards, olives, and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat, delighted themselves in the great, great goodness. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets, which testified against them to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and we're so grateful tonight, Lord, that we're able to gather in your house and God, we do thank you, Lord, for the day that you brought us and the health that you gave us and, Lord, how you provided for us today, God, in the way of food and shelter and, and God, clothing and, and Lord, how you have 
done what you've done because you love us and because, Lord, that you care for us. And, and God, it gives us great promise today, God, and get great help to know that we have a God that's touched with our infirmities. And yet, at the same time, Lord, you're a God, Father, that's just. And, and so we pray tonight, your God, you open our eyes and hearts, help us to see what we need to see concerning the things of revival. What does that really look like? God, what does that mean? God, can we experience that? Do we want to? Father, is it a heart? Is it a desire of, our, of ours to, to just find ourselves in your presence and bring forth worship? Uh, we pray tonight, God, that you'll make a change within our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. You may be seated. So we found there, we're not going to go all the way back as we did before, but in Nehemiah chapter 1, we found as Nehemiah was there, and he's a cupbearer uh, before the king, that there was a group of folks that came by, and as they came by, he, there were some questions that were asked, and the questions was, is how is it going there in Jerusalem? It wasn't going so well. The people were in affliction and in approach, and we find that there were some uh, walls that were broken down, and the gates were all burned up. And, and so Nehemiah uh, began to, to do something about it. He began to pray. But then we find in chapter 9 that there has been and there is a revival taking place. Our question that has been posed to us several times now is how do we get from chapter 1 to chapter 9? In order to get to chapter 9, though, we're going to have to want chapter 9. We're going to have to desire in our hearts to be in this position and not in chapter 1. We found that the way of, of a revival tonight, or what does it really mean, it's a spiritual reawakening coming out of a dormancy, coming out of a stagnation. It's a spiritual awareness, awareness of God, awareness of the Spirit of God, the awareness of the Word of God, the awareness of service and the awareness of faithfulness. We also know a spiritual advancing, a fresh start, a clean slate, a new beginning. Sort of like when you got born again, again. And boy, I find that those are good days, wasn't it, with you? We found that on, uh, on Monday, October 30th, I was saved 35 years. Man, I was excited about that. And, uh, and so I, I told somebody at work that, hey, I've been, I've been saved uh, for 35 years, and my birthday was today. And uh, he said, uh, uh, happy birthday. He had no idea. He had no idea what I was even talking about. But anyway, I got a happy birthday on that day. We talked about on Sunday before last the meeting for revival. We found in chapter 9 and verse 1, if we're going to have this revival, we're going to have to come in a meeting. We got to come together. How are we going to come? We're going to come, according to Scripture, coming selfless, coming prideless, and coming joyless. We also found the marks to revival. In verse 2, there was a departing from. They were separating themselves from the ungodly, from the unchristlikeness, separating themselves from the unscriptural. We found there was a delivering from. They were confessing their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. We found there was a differing from. In verse 3, we found that they were being different, for they stood up. And now they had a respect towards God's Word by standing up. They had a reverence or reading of God's Word there in verse 3. And then they found, we found there was a reverence towards God's Word and that there was a great need. We also found in verse 3 there was a response to the Word of God. The Bible says, And they began to confess their sins a third part of the day and worship their God, the, the Lord their God. And so there was confession 
and worship in the response to the Word of God. They've done that three hours. They confessed for three hours. They read their Bible for three hours, worshiped for three hours. And that's what the Word of God will do for us tonight. If we really want the revival that God would have us to have and we would desire tonight, it's going to require us to get in our Bible, require us to stay and to take time and take much time in God's Word. We found thirdly, the making of revival. We've seen in verse 4 that there was on the stairs, and it says, then stood up upon the stairs. We see there was a spreading of of worship going on. They were looking upon that group of people that were for six hours. They were reading the Bible and worshiping and confessing. And next thing you know, they got in on it. They stood up. And boy, they began, according to verse 4, and the last part of verse 4, and cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. I mean, worship was spreading. And I'm going to say tonight that if you and I can ever find revival and worship in the Lord, it will spread as well. It will only spread in you, but it is spread in your spouse. It is spread in your home. It is spread in other churches, in other cities. And next thing you know, man, there might be just some kind of revival taking place. And my, that's what we want here tonight. We notice as well there was a summons because in verse 5, that same group of people said in the middle of that verse, it said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be the glorious name which is exalted above all blessing and praise. And so we see a summons taking place. They're not, they wasn't just uh, enough to be able to confess their sins and to, and to give glory in the way of worship. Uh, those who that on that stairs looked at it and said, no, uh, we're going to get in on this thing. And then they began to shout. They began to worship. And then they looked at everybody else and said, get up. Man, we got a God to worship. We got got a Lord in order to to be faithful to. And so we find that this excitement that we see here in verse 5 was being spread across and being spread about. Now, what were they worshiping the Lord for? Well, we found out that they were worshiping Him before who He was. In verse 5, the the Bible says His name is above all. His glorious name, His exalted name. (coughs) <coughs> we find his person tonight there in verse 5 or verse 6. It says, Thou even thou art Lord alone. So there's no other God beside him. So if you're going to worship God, you've got to worship this God or you ain't got no God to worship. Amen? So you're godless for worship. And so we found that there was a God that in his person was alone. He's eternal. He's everlasting. He's existing. He's the creator. The Bible says in verse 6, he has produced all things. In verse 6 it says he preserveth all things. That means he has given life to everything and all things. He's the one that revives all things. We found that his glory is acknowledged, the host of heaven. It says in verse 6, worshiped him. And so now we find all those on earth, all those in heaven are worshiping the Lord. Amen. That's what God wants tonight. He wants worship from all. He wants worship from any. And friend, tonight, if you're not worshiping God, then you're not doing what God would have made you or created you to do. Amen. The Bible says He created you for His pleasure tonight. He created you tonight that you would bow down before Him and you would lift up your name unto God. And tonight, you'd lay down your life before Him and that from your lips should bring forth a praise and a blessing and an honor unto God. And God says that's 
well. That's good. That's what I desire tonight. And so we found tonight that they were worshiping him because of who he was. But then we found in verse 7 that we were worshiping him because of what he's done. We find in verse 7 and verse 8 that what he has chosen was right. The Bible says, has chosen Abraham. We found that to be right. What you have allowed was right. In verse 9, we see the Bible says, In death see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard us their cry by the Red Sea. That was right. Uh, what you have done was right. Verse 10, he showed them signs. Verse 11, he divided the seas. In verse 12, he led us the people. In verse 13, he came down. In verse 13, he spoke. In verse 13, he gave them right judgments and true laws and good, and good statutes and good commandments. We find as well in verse 14, thou madest known the holy Sabbath. We find in verse 14 that thou commandest them. And in verse 15, thou gavest bread from heaven for their hunger and brought forth water for them out of the rock of their thirst and promised them that they should go into the possessed land which thou hast sworn to give them. And now they have a promised land to go there. That's what he has done. And tonight they began to worship him because of what he has done. And tonight we need to begin worshiping God because of who he is tonight. That he's the creator. There's no other God beside him tonight. That his name is above and beyond tonight. That he is the only one that we and I can have our hearts towards tonight. But what he has done for us. Now he has come to the cross of Calvary. He has shed his blood. He has died and resurrected, ascended unto the heaven, sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. He provides our daily needs. He meets our daily walk tonight. Anything and everything that we can do tonight, he is the credit of. Amen? He is the one tonight that has given us our families, our children tonight, our efforts, our energies, our skills, our abilities, our capabilities tonight. There's no boasting on our part. There's nothing tonight we can say that we've done and achieved tonight. Without him, we can do nothing tonight. Without him, we are nothing tonight. He is tonight the worthy one. And we can find that we can worship him because of what he's done in our lives and who he is. I think that's where we ended. I hate that I had to go through all that again for you. Have to go back and, you know, say things that we already said. That's like redundant. Right? But anyway, we find tonight in verse 16 is where we get started. And so the whole thought is tonight, though, is that there was worship that took place because revival is, is taking place. It spread. And now they're standing up, the whole crowd, and they're worshiping him, and this is why. The third thing they're worshiping for is for what he is. That's what he's worshiping for, what he is. What is the Lord tonight? Well, we find it there in verse, uh, verse 16 and verse 17, uh, especially verse 17. It says, uh, And refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and the rebellious rebellion appointed a captain to return to the bondage. But, 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 the days of your rebellion... The days of your stubbornness, the days of your disobedience, the days when you want to go your way, the days whenever you are wayward, 
the days when you are in bad days, the days whenever you have a foul spirit, the days in which you want to uh, just be what you want to be and not allow God to do what he wants to do tonight, but, but. And so this is why tonight you and I can worship him. Because in our worship to him tonight, it does not affect him. Right? Well, we, we can do well, we can do good, we can be obedient, uh, we can be sacrificing, we can do everything God asks us to do, and tonight we can find worship in that. Uh-huh. But it's the days when we just go contrary. Right. The days when we just say, you know what, not today. The days when we say, you know what, I've just gotten one of those days today. I don't really care about anybody or nobody. I'm going to do as I please tonight. But then we can find tonight that you can fall down on your face during those periods of time or during those seasons of time tonight. And you can look back and you say, you know what, I've been raunchy with God. I've been wrong with God. I treated God bad. I tell you, I didn't do what God wanted me to do. I was living for self. I was in sin. I'll tell you, I was sorry, no good, low down. And yet, boy, I can look at God and fall down on his face and God wouldn't look at me and say, get up from there. I don't even know who you are. But, so who is, so what is God? Well, number one, God tonight, and this is why we worship him, he is ready to forgive. That's what he is. He's ready to forgive. The Bible says thou art a God ready to pardon. Tonight, it don't matter as a child of God how bad you are, how rebellious you are, and how sorry you are tonight. Worship is not depending upon you tonight. Worship is depending upon Him tonight. It's what He is tonight is why we can worship. Amen? For if He was a God tonight of vengeance and a God tonight of retaliation, a God tonight that does not forgive and does not pardon tonight, friend, all of us would be out of His way. And all of of us we dying and headed for hell and all of us tonight would have no relationship nor fellowship with God and none of us could fall on our face and bring worship unto God but because of who he is and what he is tonight he's ready to forgive isn't that good that our God's ready to forgive I mean ready to pardon ready for you to bring confession and he would say to you I don't remember that anymore I forgive you. I remove the guilt. I remove the shame. I remove anything and everything that would bring you to remembrance of that sin. It's gone. I I pardoned it from you. What a worship. Oh, this is why we worship the only true God tonight. Can I tell you something else he is? He's not only tonight ready to forgive, but the Bible says that he is gracious and merciful. We find gracious and merciful in those words. We find tonight that he is grace, and grace tonight is favor, and it's beneficial. Uh, Grace tonight is uh, giving to you what you don't deserve, amen? 
Grace tonight is given to you what you ever, everlastingly don't deserve tonight. And he gives you grace. He gives you things you don't deserve. He gives you feelings tonight. And he gives you help tonight. And he gives you things tonight. And he gives you a power tonight. He gives you tonight a mind and a heart. He gives you a life tonight. He gives you a breath tonight. And you don't deserve it tonight, but he gives it to you. And the reason why tonight is because of what he is. And he's graceful. That's why. But he's also merciful. And that means he don't give to us what we deserve. We deserve hell. We deserve separation from God. We deserve to sleep out in the streets. We deserve to walk around naked. We deserve today, dear God, to not have a job, not have money in our bank, not to have food on our table or shoes on our feet. We have no deserving today to have anything and everything. Oh, but what he is is merciful today. And friend, we find ourselves with what we got, not because of what we deserve, but because of his mercy. What a God. What a God tonight. This is who they worship. This is when you have revival, or if you're ever going to get into revival, this is where you're going to come to. You're going to come to a place where you fall fully, completely on your face and completely submissive and surrendered to God and completely giving over your sin unto the Lord and laying out like a water and pouring yourself out tonight as you're pouring yourself out into a, into a bucket, amen, and to look into the Lord and say, Lord, you are ready to pardon and full of grace and mercy, I worship you. Amen. I can't imagine tonight to have a God that would go against me a God that would turn on me, a God that would not uh, have any kind of mercy upon me, a God that wouldn't have grace towards me. I can't imagine tonight a God that would not at all listen to what I'd have to say. But that's not our God. Our God tonight is a God that's not only a graceful and merciful tonight, ready to forgive, but he's a God slow to anger. Aren't you good about that? Slow to anger. Man, he says, I should get mad at you every day. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you get out of bed, I ought to be mad at you. Because, yeah. man, oh, what you thought about last night and what you said last night and how you went to bed last night, you did it all wrong. Uh-huh. And then yesterday, it's unbelievable you said what you said. That's horrible spirit in which you had. Yeah, the words that you vomited out of your mouth, not pleasing. But I'm slow to anger. I'm just going to give you some time. I'm not going to hastily judge you. I'm not going to do something quickly. He said, I'm just going to have some slow of anger. Now, remember now, I didn't say I have no anger. I didn't say, I have a little anger. I said, slow Slow. to anger. Because I'm going to give you some room. I'm going to let you be human. I'm going to let you be flesh. I'm going to let you know uh, that you are just what I have made you. Uh 
And because of Adam, you're a sinner now. And because of Adam, you have fallen. And because of that, I'm slow to anger. Now, aren't you glad tonight that every time and any time that you get contrary with God or crossways with the Lord tonight, or when you do wrong and be disobedient and live like a heathen tonight and live like the flesh tonight, that God just in all of a sudden zap you down with some lightning from heaven? Wouldn't that be something? He said, I'm slow to anger. Slow to anger. I'm just going to move it slow because I'm looking and considering uh, the subject in which I'm working with. I'm looking at the substance in which I have to deal with, and that's you and me. And God said it's going to take some slow and anger with these people because it's rough. You think it already, you say, well, I don't understand, brother, what you even talk about. Well, let me just kind of put it in, com- in context tonight. If you look at the Scripture, chapter 9, and then you look there in verse 7, it was God that chose Abraham. It was God that made a covenant with Abraham. It was God that took all those ites and gave it to Abraham. And when he saw the affliction of the Israelites at Egypt, he heard their cry. He removed them out of Egypt with all kinds of signs and wonders. He divided the Red Sea. The Red Sea came about upon the prosecutors. They died in the Red Sea. We find that they moved forward and God led them in verse 12 with a pillar and with a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. And then we find that he came down. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He gave them a way of living. He told them how to live. It was good statutes, true laws, right judgments. He made them know of the Sabbath day, of the precepts, statutes, and laws. He has laid out every single thing. He has given them heaven, given them bread from heaven, from hunger. And manna just flows down from heaven because they didn't have anything to eat in the wilderness. And God said, I'll provide for that. And so he provided some manna. It come flowing down from heaven. He done hit a rock and then water came out of a rock. So they can be fed. And then he promised them that they're going to have the promised land and swore to them. And then in verse 16 it says, And they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hardened not to the commandments, refused to obey, neither were mindful of the wonders that thou didst among them, and hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. That's how we live. That's what we do. But God. But the Lord. Tonight we find slow to anger. Number three, or number four, we find they have great kindness. Tonight he has a great kindness. Not just a small little bitty kindness. Not just a little tad of kindness. He has a great kindness. He has a kindness tonight uh, that you would look to God if you could meet God and you could see him physically tonight. You would say he was the most kindest man in all the world of a great kindness. He had a sweetness about him. He has a loveliness about him. Uh, he, he, has, he has something about him tonight uh, that takes all others uh, below or less tonight of great kindness tonight and for God to do what God did for the children of Israel and they tur- turn right around and just go against him tonight by it takes great kindness amen I'm talking about what is he he's great kindness he's pardon 
ready to pardon. He's merciful. He's graceful. He is one tonight slow to anger. And then here's probably the best of them all. There in that verse 17, the last one says, Forsookest them not. While God did not forsake his people, his people had forsaken him. It was us tonight that forsakes God, but God never forsakes us. It is us tonight that remove ourselves from him and we find ourselves tonight alone out of fellowship with God. We find ourselves quenching the spirit of God and grieving the spirit of God tonight. Living alone, living in coldness and indifference tonight. But friend, it ain't because God left us. It's because we left God, amen? And I'll tell you something else tonight. Even though you might leave God and even though you might think that you're leaving God, I'm gonna tell you something tonight. He's never forsook you to wherever and however you go tonight, however far you go and how deep you go and how, how high you go and how low you go, he's still with you tonight. He forsook us not. It don't matter how rotten you are. It don't matter tonight how far that you've been and how much sin that you're in tonight. When God saves your soul, tonight we worship him for what he is. Ready to forgive, merciful, graceful, slow to anger, great kindness, and most of all, forsook us not. Isn't he worthy to worship tonight? Why will we go against him? Why tonight do we not obey his word? Tonight, why don't we find ourselves faithful? Why, as a husband tonight, do we not obey the Scripture and love our wives as Christ loved the church? And why, as you wives tonight, don't submit yourself to your husband? Why, children, don't you obey your parents? Why would you rob God? Why? The Bible says, forsake not thyself assembly together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, to come to the house of God. Why do you miss? Why would you cuss? Why would you listen to a dirty joke? Why would you be bitter? Why would you be angry? Why would you be jealous? Why do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Why tonight would you put down a cigarette? And why tonight would you carry on a drunkenness? And why tonight you'll look upon pornography? And why tonight would you live in an evil, vile world? Why tonight do you not live holy and separated unto God tonight if that's the one you worship? Why? We find tonight because he is ready to pardon. Because he is graceful and merciful. Because he is slow of anger. And because he is of great kindness. And because of he that forsaketh us not. That's why. Tonight we are to put our heads down in shame and say, Lord, I'm still with you. Not because I chose that, but because you have. Lord, I'm still saved tonight. Not because of me, because of you. Lord, I still love you. Not because I love you, but because you love me. Oh, tonight I will not end my race. I'll not finish my race without doing it unto you. And I can only say I can do that 
because of you. Man, what a God. What a God tonight. Why and who are they worshiping? Well, they're worshiping Him for what He is. Can I say here, fourthly tonight, they're worshiping Him for how He is. Look at verse 18. How is He? Well, the Bible says, Yea, when they had made them a molten calf, and said, This is thy God which brought thee up out of Egypt, and had wrought great provocations. Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them to, by day, and to lead them in the way. Neither to show them light in the way therein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. And for forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness. So they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, their feet were swelled not. Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and shalt divide them into corners, so they possessed the land of the Sihon, the land of the king of Heshbon, the land of Og, the king of Bashan. Their children also multipliedst thou as stars of heaven, and broughtest them into the land concerning which thou hast promised their fathers they should go to possess it. And how is he? Well, he's faithful, right? He's faithful. Even though they made molten images, and even though they made another God, even though that they did all of those things, what God said to them, I will not forsake you, even though you forsook me. But now I will not forsake you. I will continue to bring forth a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of, a pillar of fire by night. And I will continue because I'm faithful and I'll give you good instructions of the Spirit of God. I'll give you manna for your mouth and I'll give you water for your thirst. And not only that, but for 40 years I will make sure that you lack nothing and your clothes do not wax old and your shoes do not wear out and your feet will not swell. I tell you tonight, what is he? He's faithful. That's who we worship tonight in revival. He's faithful. Not is he faithful tonight, but I notice that he's trustworthy. Look at verse 24. So the children went in and possessed the land, and thou subduest before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gavest them under their hands and their kings and their people of the land, that thou might do with them as they would. They took a strong cities and fat land and possessed houses. Listen to this now. Houses full of all goods. Now they just come in and took the land. They didn't come in and take the land, and the houses were empty. When they came in... To the land, God said, I'm going to give you the possession of the land, but I'm going, to be, I'm going to be so trustworthy because I told you that you're going to come to a land and you're going to possess that land, that when they get into the land, God has already with heathen money, with heathen treasuries, with heathen uh, everything that you would think would be opposite of God and, and out of God's will. He said, I'm going to fill those houses up, and when you get there, you ain't going to have to build a house. And now you're going to have to go down there and furniture the house, get furniture for the house. I'm going to put furniture in it. 
And you ain't got to do anything. All you got to do is just get there. And the only way that you get there is because I'm faithful. Because without me being faithful, you would not get there. Because of my faithfulness and because I told you that you'll possess the land and now I'm trustworthy. You can trust God. Yes, sir. You can believe in God. God will never fail you. He'll never tell you a lie. He'll never change. He'll do all that he said he's going to do. He's trustworthy. Amen. It ain't God's fault tonight ever. Never. He's always right. That's right. He never made a bad decision. He never made a mistake. There's absolutely nothing in your life tonight that you can point your bony finger at him and you can look at him with a sly eye and you can have a curled lip and Fred, you can have a, a tongue tonight that has, that, has, that has been twined, amen? And Fred, any time and every time, God's never been wrong. Amen. He's faithful. Yes, he is. He's trustworthy. And friend, they walk in there and they get houses not for rent. Mm. Houses full. Everything they need. Sheets. Pots and pans. Knives. Spoons. You say, how do you know that, brother? Well, <laughs> I thought I read here tonight. Maybe not. It just said houses full of all goods. Right. Houses. That's plural. Full of how of all goods. There ain't nothing in that house that they needed. Right. They didn't have to go to the local store. They didn't have to find a Walmart down there in the promised land. Everything God put in those houses. And there was just enough houses, and it was just enough stuff, and it was just enough for them to have. Amen. Man, trustworthy. But I notice wells digged. Wells dig. No, somebody, somebody dug the wells. I mean, when they get there, they got some water. I mean, God didn't say, okay, listen now, there's some water underneath there. You got to go 20 foot. And out there with Jacob's well, like Jacob out there had a boom, 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 boom. No, when they got there, friend, uh, the wells were dug. Every house that was full, there was a well. All they had to do was go, you can trust God. Yes. You can trust Him. We find a third thing I noticed tonight. Vineyards. Man, that, somebody already did some planting. Man, somebody done set up a vineyard out there and there was all types of product out there. I mean, uh, they had these big old grapes like this, man. They, uh, they, there was not anything out there small and little and prune and puny. And they were big and large and juicy and great. Right? It was huge. Hallelujah. The land that flowed with milk and honey. Glory to God. And we got there. Somebody done went out there and plowed that ground up, seeded up that ground. Mm. And that, that, them old vineyards was about busting out. And all of a sudden, here comes the Israelites. You can trust God. You can trust God. This is who who they're worshiping. I noticed tonight, not only some vineyards, but I I noticed and olive yards. They needed needed some olive yards because they needed some olive oil. 
Yeah. All of yours. It's all ready. Ready to plant, I mean, ready to pull, ready to get, ready to gather, ready to partake. We find, I notice here tonight, fruit trees. Just a few. No! Abundance. Fruit trees. Now, we got some fruity people. But they got some fruit trees. Hey Amen, I tell you. Fruit trees, what does that mean in abundance, Brother Larry? That means there was so, many, so much fruit that you couldn't take it in. It was in abundance. I mean, if ever a type of fruit that you could imagine tonight was right there. Now, I wonder tonight, I wonder if those people, when they walked in there and they got in their old houses that were full, they, they, got in there, they got over there and get the, the well and get that water just come pouring on top of them. I, I can't imagine them olive yards of, of the going there, getting all the, the, the fruit trees and all the fruit from the trees. And, and I can just imagine uh, there was a vineyard there, all kinds of other product that was being. Then they look up and they said, you know what? We made a fatted calf and, you know, we disobeyed God and we did all that kind of stuff. I wonder if they thought about that. I wonder about if the, how, how they did wrong yesterday towards God. And yet today, God blesses you. Does that make sense? That this week we blew it several times, several occasions, in several ways. And, and boy, we just made a, an awful fit. We threw a little fit like a little crybaby. I mean, we didn't get our way. And, and so we walked away. We slept on the couch. We went out the house. We didn't talk. We, uh, we, we didn't do this. We didn't do that. You know, I mean, bunch of, just a sissy. And today, God bless you with breath. When you got home, your house was there. You got in your car, it started. Got a little cool last night, and you turned the heat on, and it got a little warm. But you've been treating him like a dog. You can trust him. You can trust him. Oh, tonight, he's faithful. He's trustworthy. Oh, tonight, can I say, the Bible says so, they did eat and were filled and became fat. Not only did they get filled tonight, but they got fat. You see, God's so trustworthy, he make you fat. I'm telling you tonight, he'll give you more than you can eat. <laughs> you think we're all fat tonight because we don't have enough? Man, we got more than we can handle. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you tonight, we're fat. Not, not, I know a lot of people think about just food fat, but I'm talking about fat in life. Right. I mean, tonight, I, I would say tonight, I said this before, but if we can go to everybody's closet tonight, I was sure tonight that there's probably not a hanger on your, on your little, little, what's that called, that old bar that goes across there? Close, close rack, I bet you ain't on a clothes hanger, I bet you ain't a piece of garment on there. It's full. And then the laundry basket's full too. And so you go, you go to the washer and it's full, the dryer's full, the laundry basket's full, the closet's full, the drawers are full, the cabinets are full. Uh, you go everywhere you go, you're full. Full. He's trustworthy, ain't he? I can say tonight, we're fat. Huh? That's right. A lot of people don't like to say that tonight. But I'm going to tell you tonight, if the God that I'm speaking of, you worship, 
you fat. I've never been so happy to be fat in my life. <laughs> the Bible says, delighted themselves in thy great goodness. Man, they're just happy with God. You know why? Because he's faithful and he's truthful. He's trustworthy. Can I say here, thirdly, tonight he's just. In verse 26 it says, nevertheless, pay attention to this tonight. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets which testified against them and turned them to thee and they wrought great provocations. Therefore thou deliverest, this is what God did now, God deliverest them into the hand of their enemies who vexed them and in time of their trouble when they cried unto thee thou heardest them from heaven and according to thy manifold mercies thou gavest them saviors and who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. He's just. Now here's how he's just tonight. He's just so that when you do wrong you get chastised. That's just. When you do sin, you come pay for the sin. When you are rebellious, you pay for rebellion. That's just with God. But at the same time, whenever you come against God or disobey God or rebellious against God and God brings a chastisement, a scourging, God brings, brings a deliverance in your life that you are delivered uh, to some place or someone because of your wrongdoing. At the same time, God will bring forgiveness and deliverance of where you're at. Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. If I do something wrong and here I'm in the doghouse with God, He's just. Yes, he is. I mean, I feel like a sorry, no good, low down piece of trash. And I tell you what, I can't sleep at night. I, I, can't, I can't get my mind together. I can't get anything together. It's because God's bringing me to a place of repentance. That's right. And when I find myself at the place of repentance, it's that same God that delivers me from what I did to him. He delivers me. That's right. Oh, he's just. I mean, you can't get no better God than this. And for you that are fools tonight, that are just going on life without this God in your life tonight, you're a fool. What are you thinking? What is happening in your mind and down in your heart tonight? This God's just because He will deliver you to because of your sinfulness, but then He will save you out of your sinfulness. Yeah, I tell you. Then I can't say, now is he just, but tonight he is righteous. Look at verse 28. But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Boy, they had trouble, didn't they? Children of Israel, man, they wear me out. Bible says, after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore, leftest thou them in the hand of their enemies. So they had the dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies, many times, and testifiest against them that thou mayest bring them again unto the law. And yet thou dealt proudly and hearkened, hearkened 
not under the commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if he do, he shall live in them, and withdrew thy shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testifieth against them by the Spirit and the prophets. Yet would they not give ear. Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them. For thou art a gracious and merciful God. You know, God's righteous tonight. He's righteous. You can count on it tonight. You may get our way. He'll get you back in the way. Now hear, did you hear that? Tonight, if you're saved tonight, you may get out of the way. But I'm going to promise you something. You'll get back in the way. And he'll either get you in the way by the way of death, or he'll get you back in the way of you going through some difficult and dangerous days. But the bottom line, you're coming back. That's just the way it works. Uh, you're not going to stay wayward forever. And you're not going to stay out there like the prodigal son uh, very much longer. He's going to bring you in. And tonight we find that when he, you go out, he brings you in. And when you come in, you face the music. Right? I mean, it's woodshed time. It's the belt, buddy. It's the behind beating. It's the time, friend, when it's not comfortable, it don't feel good. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it's grievous. Right. At the same time as he is beginning to, to bring you to submission, bringing you to in a place where you surrender, uh -huh. he says, I'm trying to make you unto holiness. Amen. And friend, God's righteous by doing that. Yes, he is. He's righteous. You can't at all tonight be angry with God because He brings conviction in your heart trying to get you into the place of holiness. What? That's because He's righteous tonight. We find, fifthly, they worshiped Him because of not what He is and how He is, but why He is. Look in verse 32. The Bible says, Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty, the terrible God, who keepest covenant and mercy, let not all trouble seem little before thee, hath come upon us and our kings and our princesses and our priests and our, on our prophets and on our fathers and all the people since the time of the kings of Syria unto this day. Howbeit thou art just in all that thou brought upon us, for thou hast done right, but we have done wickedly. Neither have our kings, our princes, our priests, our fathers kept thy law, nor hearken unto thy commandments and thy testimonies, wherewith thou didst testify against them. For they have not served thee in their kingdom, and in their great goodness that thou gavest them, and in the large and fat land which thou gavest before them, neither turned they from their wicked works. Behold, we are servants this day, and for thy land that thou gavest unto our fathers, to eat the fruit thereof and the good thereof, behold, we are servants in it. Tonight, why do they worship and who do they worship? Well, they worship because He is the great God. We see that in verse 32. Our God, the great. That means tonight that He is the largest and biggest God there is. Every other God's a little God. He's the great God. 
Not only is he the great God tonight, he is the mighty God. The Bible says there in that scripture, the mighty. That means tonight he's the strongest, he's the most powerful. He's the one tonight who never loses a battle. He's the one tonight who always defeats the foe. He's the mighty God. He's the great God. Thirdly, tonight, he's the terrible God. He's the God that even the devil fears. He's the God tonight that world fears. He's the God tonight that's terrible tonight. Terrible meaning not in the way of, of being terrible as something is terrible, but terrible in the way of being something that's fearful. That yes. Fred, you don't want to cross God. You don't want to get in the path of God. You don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God. Uh, you don't want to find yourself in the wrath of God. You don't want to find yourself in the anger of God. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. He, tonight, is great, terrible, and mighty. That's who he is. Now, wonder tonight, no wonder they would worship him. And I'd say tonight, no wonder you would worship him tonight. Fourthly, we find that he's the true God. He says, he keepest covenant and mercy. He's the true God. He keeps. Whatever he makes with you, he keeps. Whatever he says, he keeps. He's the, key. He's the true God. There's no other God beside him tonight. I wonder, have you worshipped him before? I wonder tonight, are you worshipping him? I wonder tonight, if revival would break out tonight, would he tonight be the very desire of your heart that you'd fall down before him and worship? Worship. Because of all this tonight, look at verse 38. Because of all this, because of all of this, what we just got through talking about, and we're going to be closing. Of who he is, of what he has done, of what he is, of how he is, and of why he is. Because of all of this, the servants in verse 38 that are in worship. Look what they said. Because of all this, we make a sure covenant and write it. And our princesses, Levites and priests, seal unto it. The servants in worship. They're drawing close now to the Lord. They're devoting themselves to the Lord. They are now bringing a determination about the Lord. And when they did that, they made a covenant. You see, God made a covenant with us at salvation. Tonight, we need to make a covenant to Him in worship. And finally, after all of this, they come to a conclusion and said this, we are thy servants, and because we're your servants, we want to make a covenant. What does that mean? Well, that means tonight that they want to make a promise. They want to make an agreement. That word covenant, verse 38, it means that they want to make a contract. And they want it to be sure. They want it to be sound. And tonight, me and you could do the same thing as they did when we recognized the God that to be worshipped. 
That we're not satisfied just being saved. and We're not satisfied just knowing we're going to heaven. And we're not satisfied tonight because of all the goodness and, and all the things that God's provided for us and given to us. We want to be covenanted with God. Amen. Not that God's covenanted with us. We know that tonight. That's the only reason why we're saved tonight. But we want to come to a place in the way of worship and of revival. I'm trying to show you what revival is. That when revival is upon us tonight, we'll look to God and make a promise and we'll make a covenant and we'll make an agreement with God and it'll be a sure covenant. Yes, amen. I promise you, Lord. I promise. I'll make a pledge. I'll make a vow. I will worship you. I will follow you. I will serve you. I will give you every day of my life. I will give over to you. I will surrender and yield. Lord, I will follow your word and I will love your son and I will be obedient to thee and I'll be faithful in all things, Lord. I will. Will you make that covenant tonight? And then they said this. Write it down. Write it down. The Levites. Write it down. Write what down? That I made a covenant. I made a covenant with the Lord. I will worship Him. I will follow Him. Write it down tonight, dear church. Get you a pen. Get you a piece of paper. Write in your Bible. November the 1st. 2023, I'm making a covenant with God. Now, if you don't mean it, you have no desire to keep it, don't waste the ink. Don't waste the space of the paper you're going to take. But if you're in seriousness tonight, if you're serious about this worship and this revival that we need, tonight, November the 1st, 2023, not that God's making a covenant with you. He already did through the blood of Jesus. But tonight you're making a covenant with him. A pledge, a promise, a vow. Lord, I will worship you. I will follow you. Lord, I give you all that I am and all that I got. Lord, I will. I will do as you please. Write it down. Right. What am I writing down, brother? I'm writing down what covenant you're making with God. I will worship you, Lord. I will follow you. I will be faithful. I will be committed. I will do as you please. I will read your Bible. I will follow you. I'll do as you please. You're making a covenant. Write it down. Write it down. Then we can leave out of here in just a moment and forgot most of everything I said. You say, well, brother, I don't, know if you, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I forget about most of everything I say. And I'm saying it. I can imagine you listening to it. And I don't know how many words I say in, a, in, a, in each time I preach. That somebody might know the, how many words I say. I don't know, maybe a thousand words. We can't remember all that. But tonight we can remember this. November the 1st, 2023. I made a sure covenant with God. I wrote it down. And then the last portion of that verse 38 says this. Seal unto it. Seal unto it. 
That just means tonight, closed for change. That's what it means. Closed for change. In other words, when you put your seal upon it tonight, when you put your seal upon it, when God puts his seal upon it, it cannot change. The seal is on it. Cannot change. Next week, you can't say, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't think I'm just going to be covenanted with God. I'm not going to keep that commitment. Too late. Too late. It's sealed. Will not change. You sealed it tonight. You're saying to God, God, I want revival. And if this is what revival looks like, and it's going to require me to make a covenant with you, I'm in. Amen. And it won't change. Right. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Man, I think God's been good to us tonight. What a Lord. What a God. I sure want revival so bad. It's my heart's desire tonight to, to live out chapter 9 of, of Nehemiah. Tonight, the last three times we preached, we just really kind of give you an overview of what does revival look like. Tonight, we've got that finished. I wonder in our hearts tonight, would we be willing as the days ahead on this road to revival, were we willing to work? Are we willing to pray? Are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to Go through some difficult days in order that we might achieve a revival. Chapter 9. If you'd like to come to the altar tonight, you come. And just say, Lord, I, I come to you because if it wouldn't without you, I, I would I'd be unsaved. I, I wouldn't have a chance. I would not have hope. And Lord, I make a covenant with you well ago, and I make a, again, I want to confirm that. I will serve you. I will honor you. I will live for you. I seal it tonight. It's sealed. The world can't take it from me. My family can't discourage it out of me. My church can't run me off. The devil can't bring such hurt and pain that I'll, I'll leave this covenant. I'm in. I'm in, Lord. Anybody else tonight? Just come. Just come and lay out before the Lord. I'm in, Lord. I'm in. We're living in some dangerous and difficult days today. If we ever need what we're speaking of tonight, we need it. Tonight. You don't understand of the battle for every man in this room. Men know the battle that I'm speaking of. It's a great, almost overwhelming battle to be a man today. Men, women, we don't understand. It's almost overcoming to be a woman tonight in the land in which we live. 
our children tonight. Do we really understand the pressures and the distractions of TV and phone and all the influences, all the things that go through their little minds and little hearts? It's tough to be a child today. We need coveted people. We need to live in a state of revival. We need to make sure tonight when we leave out of here that I've made a covenant with God. And it's sealed. There ain't no change in this matter. I'm determined. I'm, th I'm through living the life of, of just someday I'm up, someday I'm down. One day I want to serve God, next day I don't. One day I hate sin, one day I love sin. One day I want to go to church, the other day I don't. I'm tired of those days. I'm looking tonight to be balanced, to be faithful, to be steady, to be unmovable. Always ready for the work of the Lord. My family needs me. Your family needs you. They don't need you in a basket case. They don't need you being flippant. They don't need you tonight to, to, to be mentally stable today and mentally off tomorrow. They don't need you to be spiritual high and then spiritual low. Your children tonight, they're looking for somebody to bring some kind of stability and soundness in their lives with God. And if they don't get it from you, Mama, and they don't get it from you, Daddy, they'll get it from a friend, and then they get it from a gang member, and then they get it from a, another person they don't even know, and it just goes on and on and on. Help us tonight. Help us tonight to have homes that are coveted, sealed, ready to worship. Christians are praying tonight. There's still more time that you come. We're not in no hurry. We, we just want to do business with God. We want to be different tonight when we leave that. How about you that are unsaved? You're still unsaved. Why? Why tonight? Why are you still unsaved? What has Jesus done to you that you would not receive Christ? What is it about your life that you cannot get in control why do cigarettes have a hold on you? Why does the phone tonight is the habit of your life? Why tonight do you have to lie? Why tonight you have to constantly be bitter? Why tonight you have to constantly complain? Why? God help us tonight. Oh, Lord. Why can't you come to Jesus? We pray tonight. We pray all that are called will come. And then I pray tonight for every child of God. It's well with your soul. It's well with your soul. It's well. What a Savior, what a Lord. God, help me to live in 
in Nehemiah chapter 9. Man, worship. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Lord of God, I'm so thankful, Lord, that I know God. I'm thankful tonight that Jesus Christ reconciled me to God, redeemed me from my sins. Jesus, no wonder tonight he's the Lord and Savior. Well, if there's anybody in your life tonight who are to hold the preeminence, it's Christ Jesus. Look what he done for us. It was him tonight that gave us privilege to know this God. Without Jesus, we wouldn't even know this God. And he's worthy of every song, of every prayer, of every message. He's worthy. Thank you, my Father. Oh, God, help us. We just wonder tonight. I do. I wonder in my personal life why do I keep on failing God, and He's such a God like that. Oh, I feel bad. God help us. Amen. All right, any prayer requests tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm.